down in front. chicken so you buy it on it's already dead uh, welcome everybody to another installation of old fogies and film where we get together every week and review a movie that we have all watched for the last week and talk about what our thoughts are on the movie and just have an open conversation and really dig into what the movie was about and how we feel about it um, at some point during our conversation we'll be going into a little game called recast where we will be each talking about a character in the movie. And if we were to recast them with a different actor and actress, who it would be and why. It's meant for fun. It's meant for some imagination and to just have a good time with it. Are you Mr. Fantastic, Fahad? <laughs> <laughs> On my TV, I'm, I am the movie you're watching. No, uh, when, I was, when I was joining, it said, wait, the host has to let you in. And it said, Mr. Fantastic. Oh, that's that's funny. That's the name of the. I, I, I named our meetings after the movie. So last week was Ingrid Goes West. Oh, I guess it does the movie. I didn't name myself Mister Fantastic. <laughs> you, you know it's Captain Fantastic, right? Oh, yeah. oh whoops. <laughs> so guys, I don't think Fahad watched this movie. Let's shame him. I'm in my Marvel room, so all I'm thinking about is Fantastic Four, and his name is Mister Fantastic. <laughs> I obviously watched the movie. I'm having a yes, glass of did. wine in homage. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Does that mean um, you're going to, Takia, you're going to give some wine to the baby? I was about to say the same thing. Oh, the dear. Same yeah. It's a digestive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and with that, I'm going to hand it over to Shelly, who's going to introduce this week's movie. Shelly, over to you. All right. So I knew nothing of this movie before picking it or watching it. Um, it's definitely very different from the movie that we watched last week, which um, Ingrid. So the movie opens up and it's a family and it's showing like, you don't even really know what's going on. I assumed it was hunting. Um, but you quickly learn that it's like a family they're living off the land. They're living in kind of like isolation. Um, I was not crazy about the first like 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. It was, I, I, I was kind of bored at first, but I ended up, I really liked this movie. I liked it a lot. Um, so it was like a slow opening and you kept, or I kept wondering, where's the mom? I see all these kids. I had to stop and count while they were doing, because they didn't really introduce the kids or their names at the beginning, really. Um, there were six kids and you see that they're homeschooled. Um, they they do all the, the exercises. They do all these like kind of, I don't know, military exercises, or I don't know how to describe them. Like, um, but anyway, they do all these exercises together and you're kind of just getting a sense of what, what kind of family this is. 
and they hunt for their food. Um, they kind of did that ceremony at the beginning where I assume it was like a um, coming of age ceremony for the oldest boy. And you you find out, then you find out what, um, where the mom is that she has, she has bipolar disorder. And um, you find out that she has killed herself. Um, and that her dad, I, I was, I mean, one of the questions I want to ask everyone later, I was not clear and maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. She was getting treatment. She was getting treatment near her parents, but was she in a hospital or was she getting outpatient treatment? Because if she was inpatient, how did she slit her wrists? That, that was a question that I had. Um, and then the rest, I would say the rest of the film is showing, well, the, the, her father had forbidden the dad from going to the funeral. And basically they say, screw that, we're going, you know, he decides that with his kids and the rest of the story is then like getting to the funeral and kind of helping the mom live out her, um, what she had le left in her will. My first, my first thought or the, the thoughts that I had for this was that um, there's no perfect way to raise your kids. So they were, they were um, first it starts out where you're like, or at least I, you're rooting for this family and for these kids. And um, then kind of part of the way through, you start realizing, oh, they, you know, you think that how wonderful he is. You hear them when he's with the, when they're with the sister and her husband, and you see that those kids don't really know anything and they're playing video games or on their screens. But then I kind of turned against them and I'll, I'd be curious to hear what everyone else says. When they, um, steal from the grocery store um they kind of scam and they steal lots of food and it kind of reminded me I don't know if anyone here has watched Shameless the show with William H Macy yeah I haven't watched that. I haven't no heard of it. I know have you I wish I could see everybody I'm no like no oh. I haven't watched it but I, but I know what you're talking about it's like anyway, a yeah. very shameless thing and then at the end the ending scene of them flushing their mom that was a very shameless scene as well <laughs> so um I'm trying to see in my notes what else I, I i wrote down but those the, those are my first thoughts so i'd be curious what everyone else has to say before i add anything else so did you stay turned against them no. Oh, okay. So, you, so there you were a couple of other things. Back and forth. I didn't. I, I I got kind of mad at the dad when he um when he was yelling at his son about about college. So no, I didn't stay turned against them. I just it, I kind of had a, a shift in my feelings towards them once you saw him stealing and the college thing, and then him hit the the the. 
fourth child, the boy that got so upset, so, so angry when the mom died. Um, I kind of felt like he didn't handle his, that child very well. Like there, there were just, yeah. you just saw that it wasn't perfect, but I didn't stay turned against him. No, by the end, I mean, you knew he loved his kids. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways, he's just the same as a lot of other parents. You know, he's got uh, most of his kids. He sort of see eye to eye with him, but this one kid that doesn't really he, he doesn't really work very hard to treat him differently yeah. so that he can include him. He just wants him to be like everyone else. It's like, well, that's not very fair. <laughs> yes. He wanted to celebrate Christmas. Yeah. And, and just be a little more relaxed about stuff. I thought that was scene was um, interesting. The Christmas conversation, because they're, they're celebrating Noam Chomsky day. Mm-hmm. And you brought up the scene where uh, the oldest son wants to go to college and, and uh, Vigo's character is not, um, not very accommodating or is not very respectful of his wishes. And I thought that was funny because they just celebrated Noam Chomsky day and Noam Chomsky went to Harvard. So, Oh, wow. There are these, there are these people, obviously there are these people, these philosophers and, and, and authors that they have been reading their whole lives who went to a lot of these schools and yeah. certainly lived in the world and studied in it. But then their father saying, but those are, those things are all scams and you don't need them. And you're better than that. It's like, well, what, then why do you put these people on a pedestal when you're saying that the the way that they they learned and interacted with the world is not uh, valid? I didn't like how the dad um, didn't filter or when that kid was asking about like what's intercourse and all that stuff. I was just like, gosh, that age, like you need to be a little bit more like, I don't know what to say, like to filter a little bit more or just kind of. Well, and I guess that's the ultimate question for raising children in general. And I actually had listened, was part of my notes here because I was curious, you know, like for Shelly and Takia who are parents, like, you know, there's that fine line of wanting to be open about this is the real world, but also that line of, you know, wanting to protect your children, you know, and their innocence. And, you know, at what age do you feel like children can actually process what's being explained because, you know, like you see it in the beginning, the way he's blunt about it and just matter of fact with the kids. At first, I'm like, you know, that's really refreshing to see. And it's good because these kids are brilliant. Like they know that. And, you know, he seemed to, and the the little boy asked good follow-up questions. You know, it started with what is rape, but he asked good follow-up questions to really understand the concept. And, you know, the father did a good job with the youngest daughter when he said, you know, the Bill of Rights. And she started saying what was in it. He's like, no, no, tell us what it is. You know, don't just recite something. Tell us what you think it is, what it means. Um, and all that was, you know, making this case where I was like, you know, I think he's doing it right. And to Shelly, like you were saying, you were rooting for them, but then at times you were kind of like, oh, this isn't the right way. And for me, the one of the switches happened where the eldest son proposes to the girl. Right. Oh, uh, I was like, was- okay, the son is brilliant, obviously. He knows things he knows concepts he understands these things but where the father failed is in social cues social social smarts smarts, like those types of things um so i was like okay maybe him being so open with his children about these facts isn't all that needs to be taught yeah you know at first i was like oh that's great but then i'm like oh but he's missing out on a lot of things and like you know the son was accurate like you know he would like to do this with her at some point and he realized you know well first I need to propose to her and once we're ready to have children then we'll do this stuff (laughs) but it's like he missed out on 
the concept of dating and being in relationships and that this girl's probably like 16, you know, like not ready for that. Right? <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think that there is a line, fine line between what you're willing to tell your children and at what age while not trying to like kind of build a fairy tale world for them, you know? Like maybe that child was too young to really understand some of those concepts and would grow up to be like the eldest son who didn't fully process what all that actually means in the real world. Um, so, I mean, it's just finding what is that, like, you know, you want your children to live an innocent life. You want them to believe in Santa Claus. You want them to believe in, uh, you know, the tooth fairy, you know, you do all these things, which he would never do for his children. But at what age do you start going towards reality, Erica? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I think that my opinion is you should tell kids exactly the truth all the time. And I really like the way that he handled things because he, he was also very clinical about it. It was very by the book. Like, this is just the definition of it. I'm not trying to color it for you or make it sound more interesting or salacious than it is. This is just what it is. I, I feel like his parenting um, style is that he waits for his kids to tell him what mm. they're ready for. So one of my favorite scenes was when they're having Noam Chomsky day and the, the gift that he gets that uh, son is the joy of sex book. <laughs> but my, my favorite, the reason I love that scene is because when the kid opens the book, the face that he makes, is just like, no, like I'm not <laughs> yeah, interested in yeah. any of this. And yeah. that, that told the dad, okay, he was, he was just asking some questions, but he's not interested in learning more. He's not ready for any of that. So that's fine. And he gives him a different present. And I was like, that's, mm -hmm. that's really sweet, you know? Yeah, that's cool. And it's very charming that the kid was just, you know, just curious, but not really interested. Yeah. Do you all remember what the only bad word is in their whole life? <laughs> I do. Uh, hmm? Eric, what is it? <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> also, interesting can you modify word. the word unique? No. Oh, you were all supposed to say it at the same time. Sorry. Oh. But yeah, interesting is a non-word. It is illegal. Oh. Which is funny because when people ask me for my opinion and I don't want to be rude, I'll say something's interesting. I'll say it too. <laughs> like, oh, it was Takiya, you do that often with like movies. You're like, oh, it, it was interesting. I do. If I didn't like some, I didn't understand it. Yeah. That's sort of like saying things are problematic when you don't want to explain exactly or make a judgment call either way. You're like, it's problematic. Yeah. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'll use that one too. <laughs> Not this movie, I understood. <laughs> um, so Eric, I guess, cause you had been talking a little bit more about how you feel about it. So overall the movie, how was it for you? What did like overall thoughts on it? Well, um, I, I agree with Shelly that uh, I think you go back and forth on whether you support the life that he's chosen to live with his kids or not in the very beginning my first reaction was this seems very um intense and unnecessary you know like what what's the point of this and then um but then you know the fact that they're so capable and so intelligent and also so respectful of him uh i thought was 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 very uh was was in his favor uh, I almost thought it was going to turn into like a Partridge Family movie when they had that that impromptu jam session around the fire. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> they're going to get on this bus and they're going to tour, right? No, uh, 
But, you know, yeah, when they stole, um, that was definitely a red flag. Like Fahad said, there's no like right way. And I think that, I think that um, Vigo's character, is it Ben? That's his name, right? Ben. Ben. I think he realizes at the end that they're, that they're, his way is not completely right and neither is anyone else's and that there are ways he can amend what he's been doing while still creating wonderful children, you know, like let them experience some things. Okay. It was confusing to me how he, he was essentially saying, I don't want you to be raised by the outside world because it's really terrible. So you need to learn how to be capable and do things for yourself and learn, you know, things the right way. But it also seemed like he was he had um, removed them from the world. So like he expected them to learn all these things, but then never actually be in the world uh, acting on them. So like, what's the point of knowing all of this philosophy? What's the point of having these opinions about things? What's the point of being capable of doing any of these things if you're never going to be in the real world to to use these skills? And um, so I know he was afraid of them being influenced badly by by other people, but. Um, or growing up weak. But, you know, for instance, there's that scene, one of the military exercises they do is he literally has them like do one-on-one fighting combat with each other. And I'm like, who's this for? Who are they ever going to run into that they're going to need to defend themselves from when they're barely ever around other people? Where do you, where do you, did they, they didn't tell us where the, exactly they were living, did they? Mm-hmm. No, I don't remember. I was just curious. I was, I was wondering where they, when they drove to their mom, didn't they have to drive through Canada? Oh, I didn't see that. I don't. I know. read on the bus. I saw it. It was like in, in Washington or something. Washington State. Okay. Washington State. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I think they were living in Colorado first when they and, and then when they went inside to do their, their wilderness thing, they went to Washington State. So that's what I got for it. Guys, how crazy was that CG deer in the beginning? So realistic, oh. right? Oh yeah. I'm joking. Deer. It was a real deer. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so so close up. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then they murdered another, it, which I don't like. <laughs> I have another question for everybody. Who remembers what song was playing in the background of the grocery store? I do. <laughs> oh, I, I wrote it in my notes. I was like, I did you guys hear notes it? too? <laughs> well, <laughs> in the grocery store, there was music playing in the background. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, Muzak or it was whatever. Muzak, yeah. But um, <laughs> it, it's a very famous song from a very famous movie. Um, I thought it was a very nice touch. I, 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 like, it's just in the background. I was like, yeah, that's I got it. My heart will go on. Yay. <laughs> Um, well, I guess with that, Takiyo, would you like to give us your synopsis and how you felt about the movie? I like I like the idea of being, you know, taking wanted to get away from the idea of capitalism and um, technology. He also wanted them tech free as well. No one, I don't know if you guys, any of you guys mentioned that yet, but yeah, he also the idea was also to be device free. At one point, they said, "We know we don't have a phone, but you know, blah blah blah," and all this stuff. So that was interesting too. He's he wanted to take him out of the whole entire everything of the modern world and you know within for themselves um one question i had and i texted this to you guys but anyone you think i meant to talk about it on the text i mean i i, I was there's something something like that i was thinking about with um near the end the kids okay so he drove off okay and he's supposed to have left the kids with the grandparents because the he, he wanted to give them like a, a new life basically you know because he was considered 
what he was doing was, was reckless and dangerous. So they would get grandparents supposed to raise them. Now, all of a sudden, what well, that was a dream sequence. He's out there, you know, he already shaved his beard and he is sitting out there with the, and the fire um, eating, you know, in the fireplace. And then, and then um, they, then the fireplace, the fire he built. And then they all came out the bus. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that kind of bothered me because I was like, now how did that, did anyone think that was a dream sequence? I thought it was, okay, so let me tell you why. Because, okay, this was be the grandparents, like, just, you know, live, was live with them, whatnot. That's it. You know, he didn't have any contact with them. How were they able to go into the bus and not, they didn't go call the cops or anything? That's a plot hole for me. Well, I, I, <laughs> I did wonder if they, I did wonder if there were cops now looking for the kids, you know. <laughs> I thought, cool. I, I wish it was addressed as like someone writing this, writing the movie. Like, they, how could at least show what's like the grandparents just be like, okay, they're gone now. Let them just be up there. Because yeah. it seemed like I, we don't want you near them. Jumped ahead. You don't really. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it was just like, we don't want you near them. You are reckless. Do not, you know, we're going to raise them now. And all of a sudden, they, they appear at the van like magic. Like, what? <laughs> this a I, think, I think what happened is, you know, he was still at the grandparents' house. You know, the, the bus was still there. He was going to leave the yeah. kids behind. And the kids at some point, you know, off camera, snuck onto the bus and he has all those hiding spots on the bus. So they all just hid in the compartment. They showed some of the kids looking out of the yeah, looking out of the compartments. Um, and so I think that's what happened. And I think, yeah, we're left to assume that the grandfather had quite a shock at some point, like, where do they go? But really, they you'll have no way of finding them eventually because he has no idea where they actually live. He guy doesn't have a phone, you know, like there's no way to eventually catch him except for the fact that they, you know, stole the mom's body from the, the cemetery. I'm sure that they could have tried to monitor the cemetery to be like, is he going to show up here and steal them? I think, though, that... Um, oh, oh I really... Oh, sure. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I felt this, like, it was just... If the scene went into it too easy, like, is there any repercussions for them just leaving the house? Like, he's basically... He could get... get get arrested for kidnapping with them or something. He couldn't yeah. though. I, I, it, it really bothered it really bothered me the way the grandfather acted as if he had complete authority to do whatever he wanted. That really pissed me off. And I think in the end the truth is if the kids do not want to leave their father, no one can take them away from him, you know? Um, unless they can really prove that his kids are more endangered than any other children. I mean, who, many people have had kids who've fallen down and broken a leg, right? Your kids are taken away when it happens. Um, so I think that I do hope though, you know, that, that he made a call when they got back on the road and just told the guy, oh, by the way, they're with me, you know, just (laughs) like, what the fuck happened? You know, they, they disappeared. Or been kidnapped by somebody else, you know. But That's what, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was thinking something was. A I also dream. wondered where they got that house at the end. Right. I mean, yeah, I guess well, they could have what, what they owned in the woods and then bought something new. But right. Well, I was going to say, I assume that he probably, you know, obviously he saw the error in the way he was handling certain things, which is why he was going to leave the kids there in the first place. But the very end shows you he's trying to find that balance, right? Um, yeah. Giving them some semblance of what society calls a normal life by sending them to school but still living a bit off the grid. Um, so I, my assumption was that he probably worked something out with the grandfather yeah, um, maybe. to get that I'd house, be. to be able to do that, except he did take out a lot of money from the bank. So who knows how much of money that was and what he did with it. Uh, he shouldn't spend other- that money on groceries. <laughs> that was my other, another question I had. What did he do? I found his wife was a lawyer. I knew that. 
what did he do in the past? Because obviously he has some kind of some kind of money to be able to even live out in the forest. You can't, you, you can't, unless he made everything from Well, he sells skin. things, right? Because when he came back into town, oh. he said, oh, everything you gave, uh, we sold out of, what do you have this time? So oh, he sells some true. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was all my, my question, I had two questions, two, two more. Um, so yeah, I was wondering what he did in the past since I knew his wife was a lawyer, what he, I wonder what he did in the past. Yeah. So because we never found that out. Did you guys know? Did they ever, I didn't, I didn't see him yeah, that yeah um two the, the the son he went to um the nairobi no um Namibia. 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 yeah i was a little annoyed because i thought he only wanted to go to college so i thought he was gonna go, I thought he was yeah, gonna go to college. i was gonna ask everybody that what they oh thought. my gosh i guess Did maybe self or something i'm sorry Eric. I, I just wanted to finish up um I, I, maybe he was just trying to find himself or maybe just took a semester off before going to college but i was hoping like he should go i thought he wanted to go to college and all of a sudden do what his dad was doing like you know being out there all right go ahead i know what you guys opinion about that I'm done. Yeah. go ahead i don't know why he made a different choice but it seemed like it was his choice so yeah yeah i mean i was rooting for him to, i was hoping he was going to go to one of the colleges because like Me wow too. he got great schools yeah. but then as they were in the airport i was like oh wow he's going to college and i started taking notes saying like he's going to be in for a shock when he sits down at a computer <laughs> you know, like, all this like technology you need to know to get by in college like, you know um yeah he could probably speak 10 different languages and know all the philosophers and stuff but you can't mm -hmm. but obviously he had to send in the applications and his mom helped him with that so i guess he had yeah. to be exposed to some kind of technology and computers to put that together i think maybe he um he just uh he he realized he probably had more conversations with his dad and realized that he's had plenty of learning already and he probably knows more than a lot of the people who would be teaching him at harvard but what he doesn't know is anything else about the real world like living in it like he, i think maybe he decided he wanted to experience that and so he said he just put his finger on a map and decided you know he's gonna go see what life is like there and yeah whether he could fit in or if he could do something or help you know yeah which might be, you know, him, he's already learned so much, he can put some of the that philosophy into action in some places that maybe need people to think, you know, and, and, and innovate and create solutions. So here's a dumb question, because I just don't know. The language that the two girls were speaking to each other, was that a made up language or is that real? That's, That's real. Because the way he was yeah. getting so annoyed and he said, why don't you speak a language we all know? I just assumed it's a language the two sisters made up and talk to each other no, it's called esperanto um yeah. that's what he says Perfect. esperanto was actually in esperanto was invented by somebody i forget when like 100 years ago but um and it's a combination of a lot of different languages and the point of it was supposed to be that it was it could be one language for the whole world if everyone learned it and the fun thing is though it didn't die like there are actually there are millions of people around the world who do speak it as uh, some people as a first language so it's I thought it was really impressive that they had learned that but I thought it was a little I thought it was a little uh, funny I thought it was a little telling that he didn't know Esperanto and so he didn't want them to speak it unless everyone else knew it because <laughs> it sort of means like his kids are outgrowing him a little bit <laughs> well and also he, there's a level of control there you know it's yeah. like he wants to control what the kids are exposed to and what they're learning and talking about and if he doesn't have that control which is kind of against everything he's trying to stand for, like society controlling us, but he's putting a level of control there. 
He's obviously afraid to let them go, right? Yeah. I got at one point when I was watching it, um, you hear him talk about like his views and stuff. And one point I thought, is this a cult or something? Because I Mm. of all that. But then, you know, you kind of learn more. But I was afraid it was a cult with the children and stuff like that. Well, it's funny you brought that up, Ruth, because at one point I was writing here, I was like, I know this is his family, but everything feels kind of cultish. Um, I actually wrote <laughs> that point. down. Like and then you know, everything in the opening of the movie, you know, like the whole like rite of passage kind of thing they were putting the kid through. I was like, that feels kind of cult-like. And a few of the other things that they did, and then they started breaking out with the Partridge family music. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And I was like, maybe they don't need to be completely shut out from society. They should find some kind of a commune somewhere and live there. I think mm-hmm. they would do well with other like-minded people and live as that kind of a group. Like, like a that. community or something? Like a what? I, like a community of Yeah, some like sort. a commune, you know, just live off the land together with other So, people. So when you saw the girls uh, building those uh, midsummer crowns, did you get flashbacks? <laughs> <laughs> you think they were about to kill their boyfriends? Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen that movie yet. Don't say too much. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was uh, at home. I was people at home. die and people wear flowers in their hair. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Big time. I, I want to comment that this remind me a little bit of, of, of living an Amish lifestyle. They live a whole different life in the modern world. They don't have technology. Well, some do, but um, yeah. So that's kind of, I was thinking, got me thinking about other types of alternate mm-hmm. lifestyles. The, the Amish that- are also Philistines though. And they don't, they don't want to learn about anything or have any interaction with the outside world. They, they wouldn't be reading these books. Mm-hmm. So I mean, in terms of like living a certain way, like, like living away from like the modern world. That's what I mean to say. Like they live in like their own little world there. And this remind me of the Amish and some other, some other. Um, the village. Like, Remember the village? Yeah, the village. Yeah. Mennonite. Um, it made me wonder. How many families are out there today that are like this? That's what I was thinking. That's what I'm saying. Like that's thing. Besides, Sally, your family is like this. Uh, (laughs) Some aspects, I would say, that I completely related to, but also this was very extreme. But I know lots of families um, that live kind of this. Obviously, especially the technology part was extreme, but. I know lots of families who do lots of the things that this family does. Like they homesteaders, you know, they have, they grow all their own food or people that homeschool, obviously. Right. Um, people that are more into, you remember he said the hospital is a place you go if you want to get sick. Is that what he said? Or not get well or get help, whatever. Your help and then die or something like that. Something like, yeah. You're helping, something like that. But anyway, I know lots of people. So I just, I completely related to um, lots of the ways that they were raising their kids um, because I know lots of families that, and grew up with lots of families. So anyway, it, I, it, yes, there are other, there are people that raise their kids, not maybe to that extreme, but using lots of those ways. I just thought it was a great like a comparison of <clears throat> especially especially when you saw Justin and Jackson and they were glued to the screens and they didn't really know anything. Oh, yeah. And brain dead okay. stupid. Brain dead stupid. <laughs> I just loved that scene though where his sister, Catherine Hahn, was like, 
you know, you really need to send them to school. They aren't blah, blah, blah. And trying to explain like, you know, look at my children. They go to school. They're educated. And he's like, okay. And he calls down this little girl. And Catherine Hahn gets offended. And I'm like, you were just offending him. Yeah. Smart. They don't go to school. And he just proved that they're actually more educated than your two children. Yeah. And because he turned the tables on you, you're offended. It's like, his sister. Did you think, sorry. Just in that same um, scene when they were talking about how the their mom, these kids' mom died, like the way that she died, and they were trying to completely hide that from their kids. Yeah, I didn't think that and, was right. Yeah, that I was. Think, yeah. I mean, I th- think, that's why kids grow up to be idiots because they didn't know anything for so long. And <laughs> Well, these kids are obviously I, I, playing video games that deal with a lot of violence and stuff. So you can say that, yes, your aunt killed herself. Like yeah. you don't need to tiptoe around that subject when your kids are out there killing everybody else in video games. I was they also saying age, I think the age allows for it. They're like 13, 14. They weren't yeah. like, I wouldn't, tell, I wouldn't tell a three or four year old that her mother slit her throat, but 13, mm-hmm. 14, they seem kind of like they could understand yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. He was a bit blunt when he walked into the room where they were all sleeping to tell them your mother is dead. Yeah. She killed herself. I was yeah. Like, yeah. I know. Yeah. And then he's like, she's not coming back. And they're all crying. He's like, and that is all. I was like, okay. Um, no, but that's that's him just being, like you said, it's being blunt and it's trying to tell a truth. Maybe you can He put doesn't a little... sugarcoat. You that's know, what I mean. He doesn't coddle yeah. and he's not trying to protect yeah. their feelings because he thinks that they need to. And Eric, it's to your whole point though of for a lot of these things, what is he really preparing them for? Especially if he's not planning for them to be out in society. Right. Like, what is a lot of this stuff? Yeah, pre- what, what is his for when they are adults i think in that i think in that scene i mean i was struck by how um sort of blunt he was being uh he said he actually said uh she's she's finally done it and i was like oh that's unnecessary to throw that in you know and Mm -hmm. but i think i think that line specifically now that i think about it i think that he was just angry in that moment he was angry that he now had to come tell his kids that he was angry that his wife couldn't be stronger and, and stay with them, uh, which I get. So he was just kind of pissed about it. <laughs> um, That's a good point. But going back to his sister and brother-in-law, did you all notice that the sister had a lot of opinions, but she kept on pushing her husband to be the one to confront him about it? She's like, you know, like they're in the kitchen and she kind of is like nodding at him, like, go tell him, go tell him. And That's typical gender norms, right? Mm. Like uh, my, my make my husband go, go go do that dirty work for me. It's even though it's her brother. Like she should be the one. Yeah. She has issues. Clearly, it's not appropriate for the brother-in-law to be getting in his business. You know. Yeah. Did you notice that that the sister and brother-in-law are played by Han and Zahn? No, <laughs> I didn't think about their last names. That's funny. I wondered <laughs> if that was on purpose because <laughs> I think that's incredible. Speaking of of guest stars, they had a lot of interesting side actors and actresses. So they had yes, they did. That Erin Moriarty is that her name? Erin Moriarty from The Boys. She was the girl that the son was flirting with and wanted to marry. Um, And then Anne Dowd is the mother-in-law from Handmaid's Tale. Ruth, she was Aunt Lydia in Handmaid's Tale. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Did you not um, not recognize her? Then the I red like, no, I recognize her from somewhere. But. Yeah, then that's, that's Aunt Lydia. <laughs> what was that? Oh. The red-haired girl was from Ouija, Origin of Evil. Is she? 
Yep. Because Which she's also girl. There's two of them. The one Red, that the, the only Green. one that spoke. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> she's the one that what? fell off the roof. Uh, okay. Oh, she she's the older sister in Ouija too. Oh. Yes. Oh. She's um I, I forgot about that, but uh the reason I know her now is she's currently on Snowpiercer, which just finished its second season. She's uh, a sociopath. And <laughs> I was oh, really like seeing her there, you know, like with a with weapons. I was like, I don't know. Um, the other <laughs> funny the teenage girl's mom was um in Willy Wonka. Oh really? The Johnny Depp Willy Wonka. She was the mom of I think she was the mom of Mike TV. Oh, Missy Pyle. Missy Pyle, yes. Yeah. The little blonde um, girl was from American Horror Story Hotel. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which little blonde girl? Was she a little vampire kid? <laughs> little vampire kid, yeah. I think the oh, oldest boy. Oh, she was. Okay. Yep. I knew she looked very familiar to me, and I couldn't remember, figure it out. Ruth, we better say? Yeah, I think the oldest son is on a show um, that I like, the Scottish show. Why can't I think of what it's called right now? Um, George McCain. He looked like a Culkin. Oh, I don't. Angles, he, he reminded me of like a Kieran or a other Culkin. Me too. And he's in 1917. Yeah, he that's got, they showed that he was running away from the bombs. Okay. Yeah, that's that. So he got to be a bigger deal after. Yeah. This. Um, but the the father-in-law, the grandfather, is Franklin Jella. Skeletor. He, he was Skeletor in the He-Man movie, which oh, I yeah, find yeah, even yeah. funnier because the night before I watched this, I watched a He-Man documentary on Netflix. Oh, and, and Frank Langella was being interviewed on it. So I saw him back then on that documentary and then the next day he's this father. But here's a funny side story. Um, so the, the He-Man movie was like, what, 1987 or something? Yes. So it was quite a while ago. But um, he played the bad guy, Skeletor. And in the um, TV show, the He-Man TV show, uh, Skeletor, you know, has, it's kind of like He-Man, but blue. Like he's got muscles and stuff and is walking around shirtless. So Frank Langella, when he was cast as Skeletor, bulked up and got extremely ripped and was ready to show it off in He-Man, only to find out that they're like, oh no, your costume, your character is wearing a full robe. Oh, Oh no! And, and apparently he was very upset and trying to convince him, like, "No, I'm I bulked up for this. I want to show it all off." Was, was he the so first like, person oh, to Marvel? Wearing a robe. What? Was he first person? Was he the first person to Marvel? Yeah, exactly. Do the Marvel diet. We, we used to call it long bottoming, but which is a little different. But it's like Marvel long bottoming. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, one their guy. The um. Now you guys didn't know this. The, the teenage, the little boy. Um, he's from a very popular scary it, movie. Uh, you it, already know. Yeah, he's yep, the bully yep. from it. I was like, oh my gosh. But oh, Relian. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah. Um, it was cuter without the, without the, the, the what you call it, the mullet cut he had in it. <laughs> it, didn't make, um, it didn't do him justice. <laughs> I thought he looked like a young Charlie Heaton in this movie. Oh, yeah, I kind of did. So, which is Stranger <laughs> Things, which is kind of it. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so, Takia, something yeah. in this movie reminded me of you. Ooh, what's that? I had no idea. About- there were no I black. Know, that's a very broad statement to make, and now I want your imaginations to run wild. Oh my god! Um, you, what you just made me realize is how white this movie is. <laughs> Are there any people of color in this movie? Aaron, no. I know that's there wasn't oh. a single one. What? But, but, but I have to keep reminding myself. This was five years ago. It's before we yeah. all cared about any of these things. But also, the the, the the amount of characters in the movie weren't there weren't that many. Yeah. 
That's yeah. true. And it would have been a little weird to mix his kids up racially yeah. since, you know, his wife is just a ginger. <laughs> well, how do you guys feel like, about that? like, where'd that come from? Wait, Tia, do you not want me to say how it reminded me of you? Go ahead. Didn't I want to say something after that? Go ahead. The names of the kids. He made it a point. He wanted their children's oh, names yes. to be so unique. Yes. I was yeah. like, oh, that's just like Takia. No. no I funny. thought of you too. Hold, hold on, guys. What's funny about the way you said, the girl that he was um, kind of crushing on, they, they were talking in the the trailer part. Yeah. She said how weird that was. I was like, well, I I, I like that. Like, she was like, how weird. I like weird. He's like, like, yeah, my parents, our parents named, because he wanted our names to be, they wanted our names to be unique. And I was like, Amen Homer doesn't understand that all the time, but that's like, I, I'm all about names that no one else has. Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except one of the daughters is named Vesper, and that's not made up. Oh. Isn't that, like, isn't, no, Vesp, Vesp, what was the name of the princess, um, Leo, in uh, Spaceballs? Vespa. Vespa. Like Vespa. the, like the scooter. Oh, the, the scooter, okay. Oh, the scooter. <laughs> <laughs> but, the word, but Vespers are prayers, so you know, there's, like, Vespertine is a differently, though. And maybe what? nobody's named it. It's spelled when I looked up all the names, it was it spelled V E S P Y R. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the game to the whole thing with the, um like how everything now, you know, you gotta have, I guess, a minority or something in a film. Did it bother you that this was the film was all white? I, I didn't care. Oh, that's what I was saying. I didn't think of it, but also Me. because just I'm white, so I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it didn't cross my mind because this movie didn't cross my mind either. Had, like I said, had a very limited cast in interactions with people outside of the core family. Um, Mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah, maybe they could have made a cop who pulled them over, you know. But (laughs) at what point are you doing it for the sake of doing it versus it's? Yeah, we don't have to get into all that story. I don't know. That's what. Yeah, I'm glad you guys at least pointed out. Yeah, controversial moment of the night. (laughs) Statement of the night. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I had another controversial statement of the night. Go ahead. You always say that they're controversial and they're not. <laughs> they are. This, this, this better be scandalous. <laughs> so at what point are they going to say that this family coming out covered in mud all over their face is blackface? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fahad, you know. Dressing was, as the night is considered that <laughs> like they were dressed up as mud in mud, and it was dark mud, may I say. And hiding in the wanna, bushes. I mean, aren't they making fun of Aborigines? I think they are. By the way, I was kind of like, what movie am I even watching right now when it first opened? Because you yes. see the deer, but then you see this evil creature lurking in the bushes. I was like, did I choose the wrong movie? This isn't a horror movie I'm supposed <laughs> to be watching. And it I was like, oh. Head, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just Shelley's whole point. Like the movie, when it started off, you were like, what is it that they're watching? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was... really didn't know where this movie was going. But in reality, it turned out to be a road trip movie. A family was, road was, trip, uh, like vacation. Somewhat, yeah. I was secretly hoping, though, that Takiya would show up and start talking about it, and it would turn out to be Captain Underpants. And we'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what? You think I'm that daft that would say that? I thought it was Captain Underpants. <laughs> Well, you asked about it last week, so I was like, I would just be very tickled if we show up and she actually did. Oh, I was teasing about saying, you know, what, what's the Captain Underpants called again? Because I couldn't think no, of no, that. I that. <laughs> Erica, that, that wasn't me. You asked about oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just try to be funny too. Yeah, that's true. That's funny. That would have been funny if somebody was like, "What movie are you all talking about?" That is not what I saw. I hope you guys don't think I'm that. <laughs> 
uh, that daft I would do that (laughs) the moment if you had started it and you're like what what this isn't the right movie you would have been like guys what was the movie again because it's obviously not this animated Captain (laughs) (laughs) no I'm not yeah I'm not that floozy I would not I wouldn't do that (laughs) it is funny though I I get the humor there um so Takia you gave your your overall feelings of it so Ruth what are your overall feelings of this movie I thought it was good. Um, I just think for the whole time, it seems like they just had to try to, he ended up trying to finally figure out like where was the balance between both kind of worlds he needed to to show the kids, you know, um, that they're extremely, he did very good on the education, but he needed, the kids needed to have a little bit of social skills for yeah. sure. Um, especially if uh his son was looking for a wife. <laughs> I wouldn't on that. I'm sorry. Done yet. Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I would say I, I like that the fact that they, they showed some of those those areas where they were socially uh, and awkward and inept. I like that they showed. That, I think that scene was very important with the him and the girl. I knew that that was going to be interesting awkwardness there. You know, her world, his world, and he's trying to impress her. And yeah, like the part with. with star trek and he's like oh no what was the dr spock and yeah. oh, no it's not a it's not a, a, a um a book and a, and, a, and a doctor that you know on the ball children yeah this is like you took up an old show and he was like what yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, i knew something awkward was gonna happen with him and the girl yeah. i just couldn't figure out what and i was kind of nervous like it was so abrupt too it was like yeah he, tur- he turned on a dime and was like oh fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then when like it's a the lot more screwed up than we thought exactly when the mom comes out and starts like talking and the way he starts talking i was like oh no is he gonna propose to her like the way he was like talking about like not until we're older and we're ready for children i'm like okay that's what's gonna happen like the only girl he's ever met and he's like this is good enough for me yeah <laughs> despite the f- and that's obviously hormones because she didn't understand a thing he was talking about like why would he want to be with her she should come on because the way that the fathers raised them i think he's the only reason he's supposed to be with the woman is to procreate oh yeah i don't i don't know if his parents raised him that way well before I he think- left um he told the guy he said be respectful of a woman even if you don't love her like if they're yeah. gonna yeah. Well, that's at the end, but I think up until then, because the kids seemed very confused, like, you know, I should, I need to marry this girl, and then when we're ready to, like, this is what I'm supposed to do, um, and I think it's all part of, you know, you do all these activities. He, was, and he, didn't, he thought that's what she wanted to hear, like, he didn't yeah. know. Or that that's what her mother wanted. Yeah. I feel, I feel so like I thought- yeah, he was reacting to her mother, like, oh, you're, you're, I must respect you in front of your mother kind of a deal. This is um, I think a part of him did feel like he had to propose to her, even without the mother there. Like, if I were to take this to the next level, first I have to propose and we've married. <laughs> I, I bet that it's, he's only ever read about relationships like that. And, yeah. and probably old books where this is what you do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> may, I, may I ask for your father's blessing? <laughs> Anyway, like, my daddy's in jail. What are you talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, he had that scene. I thought it was very important to show that, like the it, it, same with the when the kids didn't know what Adidas were and stuff like that. It's good oh, to yeah. show like, show that they are, you know, how out of touch with the modern world they were because their dad it shows how out of touch they are. But then it also shows how kids in this day and age are just not well educated. I know. Or, that was, I saw. I know I, that. 
wow. And their priorities are out of whack. I mean, you know yeah, the name of the Greek shoe brand, but you don't know that Nike was the name of a Greek god. Okay, fine. Bingo. Bingo, Eric. That's right. I, a, I can't he, he, yeah. You should know yeah. where these things come from. You're right. And that's the, that's the whole, I think, with this movie is, you know, it's all about extremes and then finding that right balance. Yeah. You know, this movie opened up, this family was on this extreme. You know, and then Catherine Hahn's family is showing, well, this is kind of the other extreme of what kids who are detached from, you know, and living an educated life and are more attached to probably social media and video games and TV mm -hmm. and what culture is today. Mm -hmm. We have these two different groups, and families. I, I on Do what? Well, no, I just, it just made me think like the... He never thought he should take her kids away from her, but everyone assumed the way he's doing it is wrong. Yeah. Like his wife's um, parents want to take the kid there. They are just like, what you're doing is wrong. And yeah. her, his sister, the same thing. And that's yeah, like, you know, there are actually there are actually people who uh, people just like the sister's family who will send teenage boys like that to a camp that will make them do the kind of things that Ben does with his kids because mm -hmm. they think they're getting like soft and stupid. Yep. You know, I've seen that happen. They're like, these teenage boys are out of control. They're idiots. They have no respect. You send them to a place where they have to live by their wits and it's almost like the military, you know, <laughs> gotta yeah. make your own food, gotta, you know, make your own fires. So th this is the, this is his, uh, his whole, con you know, concept of living is exactly where, you know, you know, white bread kids in suburban America get sensed when they, when their parents finally realize they've raised complete idiots. Mm. Yep. And, but like what I was saying though, is with the extremes, this movie, I think is about showing you here are the extremes and it wants you to think about, you know, whose side are you on? And like Shelly and Eric, you both said, like you kind of flip-flopped throughout the movie. And I think we're meant to flip-flop and really kind of question, how would we do this? And what do we think is right? And then it ended with showing you, well, here's what a balance could look like. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to little, know a little bit more about what that exact balance is. Like, yes, we see them living here on this land in this house. His kids are going to school. But what else is he doing with modern society versus what he used to do in that extreme? But I think it's meant to really poke at us and ask ourselves, you know, which extreme are we on? Or are we thinking we should be more in the middle? But unfortunately society is in that one extreme you know where the majority of america is very um obsessed with you know uh, social media video games tv celebrity you know all these things people just do what they're told don't really try yeah. to they they don't learn concepts they memorize concepts and to me there's a big difference you can read something and recite it but if you don't know the meaning behind it, then you're just saying gibberish. You don't understand what it is you're even saying. Um, and I think this movie did a good job of trying to expose that. Um, but it, it, and it's just like everything we've talked about in our past conversations, it's all about balance. And there's, you know, you should never be on these extremes. There's always that good right middle you should be able to find, but people are very stuck to their ways. So like Catherine Hahn, her family, the grandfather, his family is like, you're not doing it our way, then you're wrong. Mm -hmm. But obviously their way has issues. Look at the grandfather, his daughter got away from him, you know, and 
She wanted to, you know, not have anything to do with that world, probably because of the way that he raised her. But and I, I agree with what the kids said when they were they were sitting outside of his house saying, look at this uh, ostentatious misuse of space. You I, know, I, like, nobody, was I was like, I agree. Like that house is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Only the grandparents live there. That's stupid. Like they should, I don't know, give the rooms to the homeless and turn it into some sort of mission. It looked like a country club. It was and like, I also, yeah. <laughs> then again, I also agree with the sister that you have to be respectful in someone else's house. And he was pushing a little too much, you know, even though he wasn't telling her like, you should do this this way. He just wasn't respecting what they would want, uh, which he got at the end, right? They had a nice little conversation outside and he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't mean but to. This, that's the thing is it's all about respecting each other's ways of doing things but also realizing that one single way is not necessarily right. And maybe let's look at a good middle ground. Um, but yeah, cause I flip flopped and especially yeah, when I saw them stealing from the grocery store, I was like, this is hilarious, but it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I was like, what they, they, they should not be stealing like this. And then, cause I was, well, I was flip flopping with them. So I was like, that is great what they did to the top you know who pulled oh, that over. Was I was like that was hilarious <laughs> and he taught his kids to you know lie like this to kind of turn the cop away it was but very he, he used those same tactics though to steal all those groceries so I was yeah. like okay he's teaching them kind of a grifter lifestyle which is not exactly the best um yeah. so he were, had enough money for food right I mean did. they were he took all that money and I don't know what he used it on and, and right and right before this they were actually sitting at a restaurant and he was gonna buy them meals right yeah so yeah. I, I think I think it's true what he says towards the end when he tries to explain it to Frank Langella he says well the kids were in a very bad mood about everything that's going on and they needed something to lift them up so he made up operation free the food now, of course, it's not the best operation because it meant they had to steal from people. I'm mean, sure he could have thought of something else that didn't involve breaking the law, but but I guess, you know, because at, at the time when it happened, I thought, oh, you mean he, he's, he's trying to say that they're all self-sufficient, but he can't get them food when they're out here, you know, traveling across the country? Like, then that, that proves that his lifestyle is not really sustainable. But, you know, what was that? They were gonna try to shoot the sheep. Oh yeah, she was. She was pissed because the sh the sheep weren't trying to save themselves. I get it. I'm like, you know, she's like, they're just standing there. I can't kill them. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I was like, also, it's somebody's farm. You shouldn't be killing yeah. those sheep. It's not your sheep. I, I think that was a metaphor too, because like right after that scene, they eventually end up at the sisters, and the sister and her kids are kind of like those sheep. It's like, why be mean to them? You know, why shoot barbs at them or point out what's wrong when they're just kind of sheep they're just standing there in a field they have no idea what's happening how can you blame them and how can you be mean to them you know a moral question actually with that all that with the um they were stealing and okay so why did they they, they stopped the dad from trying to get the body out you know trying to stop the funeral and, and get and um grab her body i think i think he wanted to steal the body out of the um out of the coffin the first time and they stopped him like this is not right you don't get arrested but then after that then they go and try and put the girl best on the roof to try to take her brother away out, out of that house and that would have been a wrong thing too so why and then why the, is it not okay to steal the, the body out of the yeah so i think the but difference then, okay go ahead i was just saying i think the difference there um with what was going on was 
the father, there were already cops, there was already security at the cemetery for the funeral because the grandfather, yeah. you know, called them in. Obviously, he has connections with the cops and stuff too. But yeah. the kids knew if the father goes in there, he is going to get arrested because yeah. they are on alert, look out for him. Whereas at the house where the kid is staying and they want to go and rescue him, the grandfather assumes that the family's left by that point. So there's no cops there ready to just take him away. So it, it's less about them being, it's less about them of what's right or wrong. It's more of, are there cops there or not to arrest our father right away? Okay. Uh, because they went and they, they still stole the body later, you know, because the cops were yeah. Um, yeah. Which plus, I have a whole other thing to talk about with that. Plus, I yeah. think they were concerned because he was um, upsetting a lot of people. I mean, if they went to the actual funeral there in broad daylight and he tried to do something like Make this, I mean, all these people are very upset by what's going on. So I kind of like that in the end when they did take the body, if you notice, they left the grave completely intact. They put it back exactly how they found it, which means no one is ever going to know. Yeah. And, you know, once you bury people, you kind of forget they're down there and you just, whatever, okay. you know, the grave is just some place you walk on top of, you walk to maybe to pay your respects now and then, or maybe never. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and they know like these people, you know, they're going to forget that this is even here or care, uh, whether there's really a body down there. So what matters is what she wants. But, and, and our family. I still struggle though with, it was a shocking moment. I was like, don't, no, they're not going to go grave robbing. Please don't tell me they're going to dig up her body and then get it. Cre I was like, no, that's not going to happen. And they did it. And I was like, what, what, wait, no. And I was like, I get that he wants his kids to, you know, understand life and death and respect people's wishes. But I don't know what kind of an impact it's going to have on these children to remember that they dug up their mom's body from a grave and then burned yeah. it. Because what? Well, I just want to say, um, in uh, recent dealings with grief, I read something very interesting that talked about how, you know, usually when someone passes, um, people call the authorities right away, the body's taken away very quickly, uh, and then you go through the whole funeral process and it becomes very sterile. And uh, they actually talked about how, you know, you should um, actually spend some time with the body after it's passed because it's going to be it, it's actually going to be a while before there are any kind of effects that would you know you know no smells or anything weird like that it's it's just going to be a body for a while and you can spend a good deal amount of time with it just processing what's been happening before everything you know in your life upheaves and uh so I, you know i kind of i thought it was a little morbid too until I remembered that the fact that they actually took her out of the coffin and she was in the bus completely uncovered and they were just with her, which I thought was a special thing that they really deserved to have because they didn't even get to see her for three months before she died. Um, and, it, and, you know, you know, they hadn't been able to see her face or say goodbye. I thought that was really beautiful. Well, I, I get the after effects part of it, but the act of digging up a grave and taking a body out of it is just what I still am struggling with because and then burning it um with the kids yeah. all a part of that um because he had the will he had her actual wishes there that she wants to be cremated he as the husband and holder of the will could have showed it to the authorities and they could have done things the right way that's true 
Yeah. Do you think the do you think the authorities would have actually dug it up, or would okay. they have? It would have gone to court. Franklin Jello would have taken it to court. It would have gone to court. The, and, the, and the and the argument would have been, and he would have won because he knows not only cops but I'm sure lots of lawyers. Yeah. The argument in court would have been his daughter was not of sound mind when she wrote that will. Clearly, because she killed herself and had struggled with bipolar disorder for her <laughs> entire life. I guess and the court would have said, "You are right." So this uh, last will and testament is null and void. I guess he could have had a case up until when she said, I want to be cremated, but you're right. Maybe they would have said she's not of sound mind when they read the next line of, and then be flushed into <laughs> a toilet, flushed down a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but it had to be in a heavily populated area. <laughs> Can I just say, I was worried when they dumped the ashes in the toilet that I was like, oh no, is it going to clog? Okay. Yeah. You know, all the ashes mixed uh, in the water. Like, does it take more than one flush? Yeah. It's like, that's embarrassing. And then <laughs> while they're all in the stall, I was like, oh, is somebody going to walk in? And what are you going to think when you see, like, yeah. and people's feet down you know, under the stall? I guess you'd have to tell them, like, would the father be up front and be like, no, we're just flushing my wife's ashes down the toilet? Or would he say, no, my daughter's gerbil died and we're flushing it down the toilet? Now that's going to clog the toilet pot. Yeah, <laughs> a whole gerbil. <laughs> Isn't that what happened? Um, there was a girl who had an emotional pet or pet like emotional hamster or a chinchilla or something like that. A chinchilla, I think. It was a chinchilla and she was trying to fly with it and they wouldn't let her take it with her. So instead of letting it go, she flushed it down the toilet. <gasps> Okay, can I just say it could not have been a very effective emotional support animal if she was willing to flush it down a toilet. Or that's, that shows just how un how how no compassion. Are. That means she has no compassion for this animal. An emotional support animal, you have. I think. I think by definition, you must have compassion for it, or how else? How does it work for you? Yeah, she said that she was like, if I let it loose, it wouldn't have survived out in the around the airport. So I was like, but you could have just surrendered it at the airport and I'm sure they would have taken it to like a, a wildlife oh. refuge place or something. H, what is it? HPSC? Is that, did I say that right? Or SPCA? ASPC, what is it? The SPCA? 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 Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> There's too many letters, okay? They need to rebrand. <laughs> SPCA, never mind, I'm not going to continue because I would have to mention uh, SPCA LGBTIQ plus plus. I was like, it's the LL3 plus, but I didn't want to be offensive. Now it sounds like we're promoting bestiality, which of course is part of those letters. Is part of the gay agenda. So, yes, I guess my overall feelings with the movie was I enjoyed the movie. I didn't know where it was going to go to, like Shelley's earlier point. Um, with when it opened, I was like, okay, is this just going to be a movie about this family and what life is like living in the wilderness? And it's just, you know, at one point I thought the youngest daughter was going to do something bad or either kill one of the other kids. I thought something bad yeah. would happen. The way that when, she, when we first meet her in that free uh, house, I was like, thing. oh, she's a serial killer crap. Yeah. And that's <laughs> like the way he looked in there was worried, like looking at all the skulls. I was like, Jesus Christ, she's going to do something and it's going to be the whole plot of this movie. But that yeah. doesn't happen. When they were rock climbing and the kid hurt himself, I'm like, okay, something bad is going to happen to one of these kids, which is what will continue the plot of this movie. But then I was very surprised that it turned into 
a let's go rescue your mom from being buried and cremate her and throw flush her down the toilet road trip movie. Yeah. Um, a lot more lighthearted, right? Yeah. Despite the death. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was actually like, a lot like a Disney movie in the in the fact that a mother dies and that's where the story starts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think when they got caught by the cops and they, and they were trying to show that they were religious homeschool family. So they started yeah. singing circle. Would you guys because know? religion religion makes people uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, yeah, when the cop is there exposed to these fanatics, you know, who are homeschool religious people trying to spread the word, he's like, I'm, I gotta go, I gotta go. Like, <laughs> you know what he thought? He thought, they're gonna midsummer me. I know it. <laughs> I gotta get um, out. But Watch that movie. With plot, going with the plot of the band, I, I mean, the movie, I had in my notes, and now they're a family band? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, that came from nowhere too. Um, I did like their rendition of um, was it Sweet Child of Mine? Yeah, yeah that was beautiful. Yeah. Clearly, that actress was cast because she can sing, because that was the only time in the whole movie she had any kind of spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> there, there were two kids, Nai and oh no, Zaja. I think it was Zaja and and this one whose name I can't remember. Um, and and they kind of got lost in the shuffle, I think. It was like there's, there's too many the kids Zha and yeah. these two just aren't going to get any oh, focus. The Zaja or whatever her name is, Zasha or whatever one, got Zaza. a little spotlight in the beginning because she was the one that was shown killing the animal and with all the bones and stuff. No, wasn't and that she, No, that was Zasha, Zasha. I got them mixed up. Then maybe Nai's the one who didn't have any. Yeah, Nai's the youngest son and he was the one who's just like, yeah, questioning certain things like rape. Oh no, I thought he was the one cutting things up. Oh no, I think it was Zasha because I think they even said, where's, he asked, where's Sasha? And they kind of nodded up towards the- I think that's where I got confused because they were too similar. And then from that moment on, I was like, I don't know which one is yeah. which. That's why in The Balanced Life, they cut his hair. <laughs> in The Balanced Life, he had to have a boy's haircut. Is that, because you know what? Kind of, I was upset actually in those scenes at the end in their balanced life because that character um, was wearing more boyish clothes, but for most of the movie, he was kind of trans. He was very he a lot of like butterflies and had his hair up in ponytails and stuff. And then suddenly he's got this boy haircut and he's wearing brown. I'm like, ugh, they <laughs> neutered um, him. So like they had to, it's like, like conforming to, to society of like a, a boy and a girl. So that's kind of interesting. Thing that is interesting that, you know, in this balanced world, he kind of has yeah. now cut his hair and is wearing more yeah. boyish clothes. But I hope yeah. they did. I hope the uh, director or the writers didn't do that on purpose, because that kind of upsets me if that if that's what their intention was, because I don't think he would. I think he would agree to send them to school, but not make them change themselves in any way. And, or well, maybe when they were sent to not. school, like they could have just been sent to school and he just saw like the other kids have their hair cut too. And he's like, I want to do that. That's what I was about to say. Maybe they wanted they want him to, to look to stand out too much and they've already, you know, been out of Well, society. I think the father would have been fine with him standing out. Um, I think maybe just the kid was like, eh, I just want to. But, but if that's the fact, see, you're really extrapolating a lot here. If, if oh, that's the truth, then the film should have said so and not just... I mean, there's some things where I think you can, the film, you know, a film expects you to arrive at that conclusion on your own without them having to film the scenes for you. And that's totally fine. I don't think that's one of them. I think that, cause that's a character change, you know, at the very last second is like, it's kind of a big moment too. If he decides he wants to fit in, like, I, you know that should be something we talk about. Otherwise you could just end the film with him looking just like he has the entire time. Hmm. So and, that was 
it was interesting that that, that, that you pointed out there because I just thought that he was just you know getting him ready for school and like like someone mentioned he just wanted him to look you know clean cut just presentable for school so that that's that's the way I saw it clean, but, um, there's no such thing as clean cut that's a made up look I mean his hair was I mean his hair was made tangled and dirty but he just wanted to, to give him a, as a fresh cut I, yeah, I maybe it was just a shower he needed yeah, yeah. you can shower and brush his hair you know, girls do it every day, right? I mean, the father had longer hair. Yeah. Oh, well, also the eldest son cut his hair. Yeah, he cut his hair. Too. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Well, they made a point of showing that that was in solidarity with his dad shaving his beard. Yeah. Like, he was like, he's always said, woo, woo, woo. And he went, because mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously that kid cannot grow a beard. <laughs> so um, he's like, well, I got one thing to cut. I'll do this for my dad to cut my hair. So something I'm noticing, which is interesting. So like we talked about Zasha or whatever in the, her little hut with all the skeletons around and everything. And I felt like something sinister is going on with her. But then for the rest of the movie, she was pretty like sweet and like, you know, smart. And they didn't touch on that anymore. But Eric, on your sharing of your screen, I'm looking at the poster and Sasha's got a skull on her face. I can't hear you very well. Oh, it's a gas mask. The poster is a gas mask. Is it a gas mask? Yeah. Okay. I mean, here it looked like a skull, but either way, it shows that there's something a little darker with her, which they didn't really touch upon except in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, she wore that at the beginning, but when they're actually, when they're doing the family music thing, Uh well, when they were reading before they jump into song, she was wearing that. He was wearing that. She, he, they, whatever. (laughs) I'm assuming that they... Did they make their own clothes? Because he bought them fabric. Or no, he, he didn't buy them fabric, sorry. I thought he bought them fabric during their, their version of Christmas or whatever, but I realized oh, that was wrapping paper. Yeah. I thought they were getting excited because he's handing them fabric to make their own clothes. And I was like, oh, those are presents. Underneath. I thought that was smart too, because he, you, re, you can reuse the fabric every time. Like, why are you buying all this extra paper with pretty designs on it? Yeah. But uh. No, it looked. It pretty much looks like they got get all their clothes secondhand yeah. from the seventies or eighties, but it makes them look really cute. I mean, that that's in style now, so they're like right on point <laughs> or on fleek. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know I'm forty, but do kids say on fleek? I think, I think kids said that like fifteen years ago. Cam, Cam, do you think on fleek is is cool? Cam, we have two young ones here, so Link might let us know too. <laughs> Lincoln, you're even younger, so you must know. <laughs> Bleak was about two years ago. My kids were using it. <laughs> Bleak. Bleak. So, yeah. It was a couple of years ago. What about jamming? Those clothes are jamming. Jamming. That was the 90s. <laughs> Takia, Takia, isn't your cousin's name jam? No. What is your cousin's name? Jamin. Jamin. Okay. It's like jamming, jamming. It was close Jamin, enough. Jamming, jamming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Um. Oh, wait, sorry, before I forget, did everybody enjoy when they were sitting in the bank and they're like, what's wrong with all these people? Yes. Are they all sick because they're so fat? I mean, it was too much. I wrote down, I wrote down, fat like hippos. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's too much. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's interesting. Also, that's another notch against society, you know? Oh, and Fahad, you know, it's a little bit like our conversation earlier. We were talking about some stuff. This is private, so we won't talk about it. But uh, where uh, he says to them, "Is like, yes, you can. You may think a lot of things, but you don't have to say them out loud to people." Oh yeah, 
Yeah. And I was like, that's true. It may, it may be true, but you don't have to tell the people. <laughs> so is everybody ready to play a round of recast? Recast! Ooh. <laughs> does, everybody, does everybody have somebody in mind or do they need like two minutes to just think in silence? Bam! Give me a couple minutes. Okay, so everybody just two minutes. At 10 o'clock, we'll do recast. So it might help if you even just look at the poster because they'll show you some of the characters. Um, but if there's anybody else you think that would be interesting to have recast somebody else. Does anybody have theirs ready? Eric, Shelly. Okay, I still need to think also. So Eric and Shelly are good. Me to can Ruth need to think. I feel like I should <laughs> play Jeopardy music for you guys. Dun, dun, dun. I'll just sing it. Who wants to sing it with me? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. That's probably distracting. <laughs> yeah, it was because I was singing it in my head. <laughs> um, okay, who do I want to recast? Okay, I have mine ready. Ruth and Takiya, let us know when you're ready with your recasts. All right, I'm ready. Takiya's ready. Ruth? I can't, I don't even know. Y'all just go ahead first. You want to think about it while we go through ours? Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna just start from the bottom up of what I see on the video screen. So Takia, you're first. Um, Matthew McConaughey uh, instead of Viggo Mortensen because <laughs> he has he's been in some kind of some some movies before where there were people people he was out in the wild. Maybe I'm crazy. I thought I, I, I thought he was in some movies where he was kind of like eccentric and out in the wild or something like that. So I thought about him. Or he's like that in real life. And that, that, and that too, yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of, it just he popped my mind when I thought of uh, Ben, so. And yeah. you know what's interesting with that, Takia, that recast is Matthew McConaughey might bring more of a hippie vibe. That's what I was family. going to think about, the hippie thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. Interesting. So that's my way to recast. Cool. Eric? That totally, that totally makes sense. Um, I could see him stepping into the role. I do think it would change it, though. Um, I feel like McConaughey is a little more um, comedic, even when he's trying not to be, you know? But that's the point. I, I, putting someone, like they did with Robin Williams, when they put him in one hour photo, he's comedic, yeah. but able to play a dark character. I love that stuff. When they take an act, oh, even like Zac Efron, he's a little bubblegum pop from High School Musical, but they put him in um, Ted Bundy. I love it when they, when they switch a character <laughs> from one genre to another. I love that stuff. It's so creative. Like, kill me, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway. Okay. So um for my recast, I'm uh focusing on Abigail Bertrang, the grandmother, played by Ann Dowd. So for a little backstory, this I have to keep reminding myself, this movie is 2016, five years ago. Ann Dowd was already a well-known, well, not a well-known, but a character actress in, in a lot of big things. But uh, she was one year away from starring in uh, Handmaid's Tale and getting pretty famous, you know? So now we recognize her, we know who she is. Uh, I felt like I felt like she was wasted here. It was like, oh, she's playing a wife. She barely had anything to say or do. Um, and it's a waste of a lot of talents. But um, so I thought like, oh, who could, be, who could I put in that role instead? Now, it doesn't mean that these people I'm going to pick are, like, any less talented. They're not. But I just thought they might bring something more interesting to it. I felt like 
Ann Dowd didn't have anything to really do with this role and she didn't shine through in any way. So I have two options. One is uh, Beth Grant. I don't know if you know her, uh, but she's a pretty well-known character actress and she's age appropriate to be married to Frank Langella, thank God. Uh, <laughs> she is, um, if you've seen Tu Wong Fu, she played Loretta, the one who wanted to have a hollering contest. Uh, if you saw Donnie Darko, she was uh, one of she was the mother of um, she was like the den mother of this uh, Sparkle Motion, the kids dance group. Anyway, she's incredible. She often plays a little bit trashy people, <laughs> oh. uh, but I thought she might be an interesting. She has a little bit of a severity to her. I thought that that might be an interesting thing to bring to the role so that it matched the husband a little bit. But she can also be she can turn it and suddenly be kind of like soft and, and rational. And I thought that would work pretty well in that scene where she lets Ben know that she she knows what her daughter really wanted and she doesn't hold any grudges or anything. Uh, but my other option is Mia Farrow. <clears throat> I know that like, you know, in, in, a, in a movie, you can't cast every character as a really famous person because then you pull a lot of focus from what's actually going on. So maybe they intended, I'm sure they intended the, the wife character the grandmother character to just sort of, you know, melt, you know, melt away into the background. Uh, but I thought Mia Farrow hasn't really been in a lot of stuff in the last few decades, but she, first of all, she raised her own family of, of like a dozen children uh, out on like a ranch somewhere. Um, she has this uh, softness about her that sort of is, um, both feels a little traditional, but is also extremely compassionate. So I think that that could have been very interesting. And, uh, and I think there was room to, to um, explore the grandparents a little more anyway. So even though she would have brought more focus to the role, I think it could have balanced out Frank Langella's severity a little bit. So anyway, so those are my choices. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking when you said Mia Farrow, I was like, what has she done in the last however long like you, you only hear about her because of bad things in her ex-relationship yeah. i think she sort of gave up acting if you watch the hbo max docuseries alan versus pharaoh you find out that for the you know middle part of her career she only worked in woody allen films and it was kind of because he only let her and then when everything blew up at the end of that because of the allegations of child abuse uh, after that, she didn't show up very much. He may have blacklisted her for all we know. I mean, I think we've all found out in recent years how powerful men can pretty much end the careers of an actress if they have enough clout and don't like how they're being treated by them. Side note, do you believe those allegations? I do. I think if you watch that documentary, you'll definitely, because I was always sort of like, oh, I don't know. And part of that was because I like Woody Allen a lot, <laughs> uh, which makes you want to believe that it's everything's okay. But if you watch that, you're, you'll find out all about a lot of things and, and realize, you know, it's most likely very bad things went down. Mm -hmm. So a few interesting notes about Mia Farrow. The last movie she did was Arthur Three in 2010. And I think that was an animated sequel to Arthur and the Invisibles. Madonna was in the first one. Oh, random. Um, I just want to tell you that. <laughs> other random fact about Mia Farrow is she and Woody Allen were never married. They were just partners oh. for 12 years. Yep. But 
Do you know who Mia Farrow's ex-husband was? I think I do, but I can't remember. He used to be married for two years to Frank Sinatra. <gasps> I did, yep. It's like interesting to not know that. She is 76 years old. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, Her cool. sister Tisa uh, was an actress too, briefly, and she was in uh, Lucio Fulci's Zombie. If you're interested, <laughs> she looks a lot like her sister, but she doesn't quite have the acting chops. She was also in Zombie Two. Oh uh, well, Zombie Two is zombie. Oh, it is zombie. It's it's a very confusing thing. <laughs> Italians do. Let's not get into it. <laughs> um, well, okay, cool. Well, thank you, Eric, for your two choices. Um, Shelly, you are next on my little trip up the camera. Sorry. Okay, so I couldn't decide. I thought I kept trying to think of who to recast the mom as as well, but I couldn't think of anybody. But I really wanted to think about what recasting the dad um, with Keanu Reeves because I thought that would give the dad he's so so like a nice like a little bit nicer, softer like you were saying, I wanted to see, there were some harsh parts of the dad where I wanted him to like, especially when they, when um, their mom died, I, it made me so sad that he wasn't like loving towards them. He was just so like, brash. Yeah. yeah. So Keanu Reeves, who I just seems like a nice person in general, um, not maybe the best actor, but he just automatically is like softer. Well, I think like even if he still had the same lines, the way that he would deliver it to the children, he would have some kind of like a kindness in his eyes as he's telling it. Yeah. Like that softness. So that's an interesting recast. Yeah. Hmm. That would definitely change the whole thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it would for sure. Uh, Ruth, have you thought of one? Um, Do you want me to go and while you think about it more? Yeah, you go first. So speaking of changing the movie a lot, um, I want to see this movie turn more into a slapstick comedy because <laughs> I think there were a lot of elements in it that could have been really comedic, like yeah. if they took it there. Um, so I really would like to have seen what Jim Carrey would do as in the role as the father. <laughs> you know, like it would be very interesting even if he'd said the lines the same way he would probably do things like you know let's push your mom down the toilet you know like <laughs> push your mom down the toilet yeah. and, like, I had <laughs> I know I already went but I had thought I kind of had the same sort of what if what if her dad was replaced with like Bill Murray because <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean I I get that there's serious undertones with this movie, but there is a comedic slant to it as well. You know, it's lighthearted in a lot of ways, but I was like, you know, just replacing that one person, their father with Jim Carrey and just having him deliver the lines differently, I was like, would really change the entire movie. Um, you know, you know he, what though, he, he's a very, he is a very good serious actor though. Say, he really he'd be does. serious with certain parts, the emotional parts, but like imagine the whole, you know, operation the grocery store thing, how that would go yeah. with them feigning a heart attack. It would be, be very wacky, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, a little, little. <laughs> yeah. Like, so there's like a lot of that kind of stuff that I think would be funny to see 
with a different actor, even if you have yeah. like most of the lines still the same. It's kind of no, like- I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing uh, when I say he's he can be, he can be a very serious, very yeah. good like emotional actor. I'm agreeing that it, it could be a very interesting recast because um, he could still hit those marks where he's gotta be like, it, this is a serious film yeah. about real things. Um, but yeah, the, the, it would just, all the quirkiness would be even more outlandish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought that would be interesting. I mean, it's it's very interesting that Shelly, Takia, and I both chose the father as the recast. Um, the, and in each one of ours, it would change the movie, the whole movie actually a lot. Um, you know, one would be more of a hippier vibe. One would be a kinder vibe. One would be a more slapstick vibe. Um, even can, if can we all can we all can we all agree though, in case Beagle Mortensen ever listens to this, that we don't want to recast Beagle Mortensen. He no. was incredible. Oh, no. he was great. Yeah, I love. This is your movie, dude, and you totally nailed it. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. We're just, just imagining a weirder universe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and and Eric, in your recast too, like you said, Anne Dowd is very good actress, capable, no, but I love her. It just didn't use her talents like you would yeah. want. It. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, it's such a small, small part that mm -hmm. I you? loved. Though I was, I'm so happy when she told him that, like, showed him the letter that yeah. was like she was happy. So that he didn't have to live his life thinking, yeah, that it was his fault. Yeah, you know, the all on his shoulders that she was so unhappy. I, I think there was room in that scene to be a little longer, and maybe yeah. they they connect a little bit better. Um, I did yeah. wonder if mental illness did run in the family, though, because the mother, right after they left the church service, and she's like, oh, the kids, yeah. something felt very off. I know she was emotional, upset her daughter died, but something, the way the, the her husband, the grandfather was trying to tell her, like, you need to go, and the, whatever, like, the way she wasn't really processing what was going on, I'm like, I, I kind of got the drugs feeling like she would have, she was like yeah. drugged. Maybe she was yeah heavily medicated. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I feel like she I think it was just grief. I think that she hadn't met some of these children and they were the yeah. actual children of her daughter whose funeral she was at. Yeah. I, feel like that, I feel like that's probably a hard thing. I mean, it is. Process. And that poor yeah. the poor yeah. youngest yeah. son yeah. having to introduce himself to his grandfather and grandmother. That's sad. Yeah, it's like, and you're at the funeral for their mother. It's like, what an upsetting thing. And she probably just is desperate to be with them and to reclaim some sense of family that um, obviously they didn't work hard enough to achieve when everyone was alive. Yeah. Um, Hi. I thought about um I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but the guy he played um the mom, the dad, for some reason it comes to me in my mind to think of in Clueless, the one he plays Cher's dad. I guess how different that would be. Cause he does have his not very Oh, Dan Hidea. Yeah. To, yeah. to play to play the the Vigo Mortensen character or to play the Frank grandfather. To play the uh play the grandfather. Okay. Mm -hmm. um Matt, well if jim carrey plays ben then definitely dan hedea should play <laughs> i mean i can see that too as being like kind of having that he could have like he's like a snooty lawyer you know like yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> he was also the abs family he was as a snooty lawyer Lawyer. Oh, I think that's Jewish typecasting. Poor guy has probably been cast as a lot of lawyers. <laughs> um, um, and, 
Then I thought of Matt Damon as a dad for some reason. Okay. I could see him kind of being like how you said, Shelly, about Keanu Reeves being kinder. I guess I would see him is I guess seeing him in different kinds of movies doing um, whether it was in Born Identity, having the skills or some other kind of nature type stuff that he'd have that skills and he would seem like more have more of an emotion or lovingness to the kids, I guess. So your your recast will turn it into an action movie. An action and um, maybe an action and then him maybe being more practical in certain ways. I'm not sure. Um, that would be an interesting take on the movie, right? Like Eric, your original question, like what is he preparing these kids for? What well, is Matt started Damon's, out as an action movie, right? Yeah. What if? <laughs> oh, I did. And but what if Matt Damon's version of the father is prepping them to like go and overtake a little town way, or something? Yeah, way to coup. <laughs> yeah. yeah a, a new kind of January sixth. Yeah, I mean, exactly. this was this movie did come out in 2016. Oh. So, what if the big <laughs> twist at this end was he was preparing them for that, and it ends on January 6th with them storming the Capitol? <laughs> but at the beginning, at the inauguration of Trump. <laughs> yeah, because um, there was this movie. I forgot what it was called. I think Robert Pattinson was in it, and so was Emily Deravin or whatever her name is. What was it? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, uh, um, but I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, it was, it was not Twilight, but it was like some romantic comedy type movie. And, you know, they're like falling in love and all this great stuff. And then it's like the 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 guy gets on a plane and you find out it's the plane that's going to crash into the Twin Towers on 9-11. Oh, gosh. So I was like, well, that's kind of a serious twist that they just took to yeah. bring it into reality. Yeah. So that's why I was thinking here, that would be a twist that they show up at the Capitol steps on January 6th. Oh, my gosh. Well, they had the like little girl had that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> had the what? Like the, the, the animal head on. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's a shaman. Yeah. yeah. They have the outfits. They can do it. <laughs> they, they don't have the internet, so they have no idea who QAnon is. So, she, so she's a Noam Chomsky shaman. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny if they did that kind of a twist. <laughs> <laughs> um cool so i think that was a good that was a good set of recasts there are there any final thoughts before we move on to the ratings no. i think i think shelly should wrap up in some way it's that's her thing i, I oh, think that's uh, uh, shelly yeah, do you want to wrap everything up for us before we move into the ratings in a in a blanket around a knife you know um <laughs> let me think for a second just all right you, you get the final word on our yeah. entire conversation so, my final word on Captain Fantastic is that it, I honestly did not know, I didn't really know anything about it, so I didn't know what to expect, but um, it definitely, I, it met my expectations for a movie. I'm glad that I chose it. I'm glad that I watched it. And I'm glad that I um, recommended this one because I think that it gave a lot of good things to talk about. Yeah. There are a lot of good talking points in this movie. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we're on a roll. Like Ingrid uh, and then the Captain Fantastic. These these movies are chock full of... Yeah. <laughs> good well, good luck to you, Eric. You're next. So. Yes. Fuck you, Fahad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you just jinxed yourself. <laughs> I, I have a question. Did anyone's families watch the movie with them? Mm -mm. No. no. 
You were all alone? Oh, that's so sad. I didn't have Clarkson to watch it with me either. Oh. Yeah, Eric and I were even chatting about like, oh, should Eric come up and watch the movie when I watch it? But we decided we want to just watch these separately to get our own thoughts and not influence. Oftentimes when Eric comes up to watch something, we triple or double or quadruple the time it takes to watch it because we're always pausing it to just talk about what happened. Okay, no, watch these separately. Even even today, I I went up to talk to watch something else with Fahad. And we almost got into a conversation about this movie and, and we were like, no, save it for the Zoom call. <laughs> a few times. I, was, we were like, oh, um, I started to watch another review of it on YouTube and then I, I quickly turned it off because I thought, I don't want their thoughts in my mind. Yeah. I want this to be, you know, I don't, I want it to be me. Yeah. Like what I I agree. I always tell Fod, like, I don't, I, well, I mostly do not read reviews for films that I'm interested in. If I, either I'm interested in it or I'm not, you know, right. I don't even like to watch trailers. Cause I'm like, I either, I, the concept is enough to make me want to try it out because trailers are very misleading and other people's reviews are extremely biased. So yeah. it's all a lot of noise that gets in the way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, with that, let's move on to the ratings. So everybody open up the chat window again. Type in your rating, but don't hit send yet. And, remember- and in the meantime, can I just say uh, everything I just said uh, uh, doesn't apply to people who might be listening to this in the future uh, to get our opinions. <laughs> yeah, <We're laughs> Obviously, our opinions are valid and you should listen to them. <laughs> we'll cut this part out with editing. Yeah, see your finger. I will. <laughs> yes. I won't. Oh, Cam, or is it Lincoln? Oh, no, I don't have Lincoln. Cam's enjoying the rest oh, of my... Cam is Cam. He's enjoying the, the leftover chocolate from my um, hot chocolate. Oh, Starbucks, yeah. sir. Oh, but chocolate is poisonous to babies. Uh, or is that puppies? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> this oh, is a puppies. little bit. Oh, it's just puppies? Okay. <laughs> um, so everybody give a thumbs up once you've typed it in, but not hit send yet. Yeah, have you done it? Huh. I'm doing, I'm, I'm home a thumb up. I can't see oh, myself. I can't see your thumb. Oh, did you say Uma Thurman? Thumb either. Okay, so oh, you said holding my too. thumb up. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. I, okay, my so thumb's up. Everybody's thumbs are up, so go ahead and hit enter. Okay, so just to recap, it looks like we have a 3.75 from me, a 4 from Eric, 4.25 from Ruth, 3.5 from Shelly, and nothing from Takia. Takia, hit enter. There we go, and a 4 from Takia. <laughs> so this movie got a 3.9. Ooh. That's so our ratings yeah. for this movie is a 3.9 compared to Ingrid's four. To Eric's point, these are both, we, we had two great films in a row. They were both very good movies, but I give the edge to Ingrid. I plan to break that streak. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, something I meant to say earlier is this movie kind of reminded me of a Wes Anderson movie, but mm. with actual heart. <laughs> what was that? Uh, like Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, that's Wes Anderson. The character so is kind of for. like a quirky family story, but it always feels like uh, in a Wes Anderson film, the quirky uh, outstrips the actual real emotion, you know. Yeah. Uh, but this one is, is sort of like it had a lot of those little moments. Like there were so many little 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 lines in things where I was like, oh my gosh, that's a, 
freaking hysterical. And it was just, it took two seconds and it wasn't even a focus of the scene. It was like, that. what a great little detail. Uh, but on the whole, it's it's a very human story. It's, yeah. it's got a lot of heart. No, definitely. Um, cool. Well, so with that, uh, let's hand it over to Eric to introduce us to the movie we will be watching next week. All right. All I right. feel like I, I feel like I'm gonna announce this and then um, and then spend more time justifying it. <laughs> <laughs> so my choice, uh, my number I've I've got a list of four, but my number one choice for next week is Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. Any it. initial reactions to this? <laughs> I've seen it. I've never heard of it. So I've seen it. That's bizarre, Ruth, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> or no, I don't know. I guess I recognize Shelly, were you there? I feel like we watched this at the Congdon's house a long time ago in high school. At least I did. Was it like, maybe? Yeah, I know, because I've seen it, um, and I want to say it was at was their it house. after prom? Or was maybe. It? It what a been. weird use of your prom, guys. <laughs> Have you you were supposed to be having school? sex. Have you heard the stories uh, about our school? No. I have heard the stories uh, about your school, so I guess I should not be surprised though. Yeah. <laughs> um maybe Shelly, isn't it like the time you guys then left to go get like ping pong balls or something? <laughs> but not for sex, right? <laughs> no. Uh, okay, okay. I just have to be sure. All right. What? <laughs> oh we were, we were innocent back then, Eric. <laughs> oh, when I had to go to walmart or something i think Wait, you and mike like left to go to walmart to get like ping pong balls or something random i don't remember um i don't so know so fahad it, uh, i think the rule is as long as less than three people have seen it it's yeah. fine but yeah. i also want to point out if if you think you've seen it and this was high school you definitely need to rewatch it i'll be yeah. rewatching it i will be rewatching yeah. it Otherwise, you won't really be able to contribute much. Yes. Was it the same night we watched Trains? Oh, it was Train Spotting. We watched. That's what we watched. Okay. Clockwork Orange. I have seen, but that was not then. Thank you. It was Train Spotting. We watched at the Condon's house uh, with the baby and the toilet and all that yeah. stuff. Right. Oh. It's it's funny, and we should talk about this next week. But I think there might be uh, associations between the two films that we could. <laughs> we could draw so i so it kind of makes sense that you would think oh maybe it was clockwork orange i watched that night yeah yeah so uh full disclosure i i have read this book but i have not seen the movie which i realize is entirely backwards from what most people do um and it's become one of my blind spots where i'm like well i read the book and they're like but you haven't seen the movie and and i feel embarrassed so i was like i need to get this watched so I'm going to make you all watch it as well. Um, I will say it's very provocative. The movie yes. is a very provocative movie. It Ooh. will have a lot of disturbing scenes in it. Yes. Um, but watch it with an open mind. It is a very respected and celebrated and critically adored movie. Um, and so just, you know, be open as you watch it. Um, but just know that there's disturbing stuff in it. 
Yeah, it's a class. It's considered a classic of literature. And Stanley Kubrick is, of course, revered as one of the greatest directors of all time. Uh, so it's available on Netflix or HBO Max, whichever you prefer. I think most of us will have one or the other. Yeah. Both. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. If you get to parts in the movie where you're very uncomfortable, just close your eyes or take a break like Takia does. <laughs> so if you think you might need a break, definitely don't wait until next Thursday to watch it. 